0: You can always catch up on Mike's teaching on our website at ccmit.org. We're currently going through the book of Luke in a series titled, The Uncommon Gospel. So grab your Bible, turn up the volume, and follow along with us.
1: Here's Pastor Mike. Luke chapter 15 and verse 22, But the Father said to his servant, so he's, he's going to tell him, I'm just going to be your slave. Father cuts him off. In the middle of his, of his shtick, that he's gonna tell his big plan. The father cuts him off and he said to his servants, bring out the best robe. Think about this, this guy's probably in rags. He's not wearing any shoes. He's barefoot, he's in rags. He says, bring out, he doesn't say, get him a robe. Hurry, go get him a robe. No, he says, bring out the best robe and put it on my son. And put a ring on his hand. What is that? Well, that's the signet ring. That's the ring that shows that he's a son, that he represents the father. Restore him to full sonship. Put, a, put the, the signet back on his finger. No doubt he had a signet when he left, but he sold it to eat or whatever. He sees that he doesn't have a signet. He, he says, go get a signet ring. Put it on my son, the family crest. It's gonna be on his, his finger. And sandals on his feet. So he receives this wayward son and he clothes him in his own riches. And just the same, when God receives us, he clothes us a barefoot and naked and awful and smelly. He, he washes us clean and he clothes us in his righteousness. That's what God does for us. Clothes him in his best robe, puts the ring on his finger, puts sandals on his feet, and this is what it is like coming to repentance. When we come to God in repentance... He washes us clean, cleanses us from all unrighteousness, and he clothes us in his righteousness. We put on the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what we have, guys. This is what we have in in Christ. And this is the love that the Father has for us. Verse 23 And bring the fatted calf and kill it, and let it be eaten. Let us eat and be merry. For this, my son, was dead and is alive again. He is law. He was lost, and is found, and he and they began to be married. So he he makes this distinction. He understands that when his son was away and he was wasting his life, that he was alienating himself be, before God. He was alienating himself from the family. But now he has returned, and now he is reconciled. And this is so beautiful, so beautiful. So beautiful that they kill the fatted calf. I mean, this is a fatted calf is marbled, right? Right? It's not going to be tough meat. Uh, some of you raised cattle. You know what you're talking. What I'm talking about? I'm sorry if you feed your you know grass fed. I don't know. <laughs> Sometimes you know some people know how to fatten a calf with grass. I don't know, but to me, like a good corn fed, actually even better apple fed. Apple-fed, fatted calf is the most beautiful meat you've ever eaten, and the marbling's perfect, and you have the prime rib. That's what this kid's eating. He's not eating no grass-fed, you know, tough you know, meat. He's eating the fatted calf with all the marbling and all the triglycerides. Oh, I don't know what's in there, the bad whatever fat. I don't know. His cholesterol's going to go up, but praise the Lord. What could be more worth celebrating than your son coming home? You know, let's have something good. Let's break out the cake, you know. <laughs> One of my my sister's a kindergarten teacher. My oldest sister's a kindergarten teacher, and she had a kid come up to her, as, you know, in front of the whole class. She's like, we're having cake tonight. And my sister's like, oh, really? Is it somebody's birthday? And she's like, no, my daddy's getting out of prison again. And she's like, oh, that's great. <laughs> and all the kids are like, oh. <laughs> you know, it's, Oh. No, no guile, and the the poor little guy He's just excited his daddy's coming home, right? And that's that. You know, it's beautiful. Of course, you're gonna eat cake. You know, daddy gets out of jail. You know, son's coming home. You're gonna have cake. You're gonna have calf. You're gonna have the fatted calf, of course. Verse twenty five. Now his older son was in the field, and when he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. Nobody even went to get him. He's <laughs> <It's> like <laughs> we're all partying without him. So he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. So, of course, in this parable, the, the, the scribes and the Pharisees is, who were represented by this guy, he's been working really hard to be right before God, or at least working really hard to be right. At least I'm not like that stupid brother of mine who went out and wasted everything. At least I'm not like that. You know, and, and he really believes that because of his hard work, that that's why his father approves of him. And he's out in the field, and he draws near to the house. He's coming home for the day, but he hears the celebration, so he calls a servant. He says, what's the commotion? What is going on? Verse, verse 27, and he said to him, your brother has come home, and because he has received him safe and sound, your father has killed the fatted calf. But he was angry and would not go in. Therefore, his father came out and pleaded with him. So he answered and said to his father, Lo, these many years I have been serving you. I've never transgressed your commandment at any time, and yet you never gave me a young goat that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this son of yours, who has devoured your livelihood with harlots, you kill the fatted calf for him. Wow, here's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> isn't that interesting? I, I mean, if if you had an employee who you know was was wasting everything and you know went off and and he came back, you're like, I don't even want to talk to you, right? A bad employee. But the older brother doesn't understand that this isn't about that. And it isn't that he's accepted because he's served and never transgressed the commandments. He's accepted because he's a son. Let let me just say that again. He, He isn't accepted because he's served and he's never transgressed the commandments. He's accepted because he's a son. Right? And so it is for me and you. We're sons and daughters of the king, and he accepts us because he adopted us into his family, not because we've been perfect or we've been good enough or we've worked really hard. Maybe you have worked really hard, and maybe you have been close to perfect, and maybe you have done everything you can to try to please God and do the right thing, and you took lumps because you you did the right thing when you could have done the wrong thing and easily gotten off, but you didn't do it, and you worked hard, and you were serving so hard, and then somebody who's been living their life as a waster, as a partier, as, a, as a, a slump, and that person comes in and then God just receives them? This was the problem. This was the whole problem with the Jews because they'd become so convinced that they were better than everybody else that they forgot that they were children. and We can never forget that we're children. We can never forget that no matter how hard we work or how much we do, we're not earning something. We're not, we're not, you know, gaining something in the sense of being acceptable before God because when you are a child, you are accepted. You know, in my, in my family, all of my children are accepted. I've, we, we've had children, we've adopted children. And we we accept every single one of them and our prayers are for them and our heart is for them and we want them to do good. And some of them at times are well-pleasing and some at times are disappointing. But they're all accepted. They're all my children and I love every single one of them and I would give my life for any one of them because they're my kids. But they're not accepted because they're doing everything right, because they're getting straight A's, and because they're doing their chores whenever I ask, or they're working harder than any of their brothers and sisters, or because they love God more than one of the other siblings love God. I love all of them the same, and I, I, my heart breaks and yearns and, and cries out to God for every single one of them. And it's not because they're doing better, they're doing worse. And sometimes I, I kill the fatted calf for a kid who just barely gets by. Because just barely getting by is such an improvement, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and other times I kill the fatted calf because somebody got straight A's because this is the seventh time in a row they got straight A's. But, but I love every single one of them. And so... Being an awful child does not mean that you're rejected. Verse 31, And he said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that I have is yours. It was right that we should make merry and be glad, for your brother, notice this, was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. Notice Jesus doesn't tell us how the older brother responds. Why? Because If you're the older brother, you have a choice to make. If you're the scribe and the Pharisee, you have a choice to make. I mean, the story could end like this. The older brother says, that's ridiculous. I can't be a son in this house. I'm out of here, and I'm leaving. Then he goes and leaves and does his own thing. He could do that. Or he could say, you know what? Dad, you're more gracious than I am. But for your sake, I'll forgive my brother.